Welcome to Job One, a podcast filled with guidance to tackle your first job. If you haven't listened to our first seven episodes, I suggest you binge those first. Last episode, we talked about customer aggression. This week, we will discuss violence between coworkers and how to approach different situations. I do want to preface that much of what we will discuss today, I don't really have any expertise in. I can only speak from personal opinion and experiences. Much of today's episode may fall into the realm of more psychology background. So to continue from our last episode, the Canadian Centre for Occupational Health and Safety defines workplace violence as any act in which a person is abused, threatened, intimidated, or assaulted in one's employment. There is an increased risk for violence in the workplace when people are stressed, and working in restaurants can definitely be stressful at times. People make it very snappy if things aren't working as smoothly as they want. Hostile work environments can be created very easily. So how do we handle that? How do we, how do we lower the stress and reduce the risk of violence among workers? Or maybe you're the only one who is stressed. How do you approach others? Overall, no matter who you are dealing with and who you're working with, it's important to treat everyone with respect. If you are somebody who becomes very stressed and hostile, that can be me sometimes, it's important to recognize and remember that. Maybe take a step back and go, hey, wait a minute, I'm getting pretty irritated right now. I better reel it in. It's important to also remember, this too shall pass. Whatever stressful event is happening, or whatever person is making you irritated, this too shall pass. In restaurants, you probably work with people your age. Maybe some are older, and some probably younger. Interacting with all three of these different type of age groups, let's say, I found to be rather difficult. When talking to somebody older, or maybe the same age as you, they think, Who does this person think they are? What gives them the right to boss me around? Why do they think they know better? I found that talking to younger workers can be difficult for other reasons. One being, they might not yet be acclimated to having a job and having certain responsibilities. I also want to point out that when I say talking, I don't mean just chit-chatting. I mean, maybe you have to correct a person's actions or maybe give them a task to do. So how do you talk to somebody about a sensitive topic who thinks that you don't have the right or authority to tell them what's what? Well, first, check yourself. Do you have that authority? If you don't have the authority, then maybe tell somebody above you your concern. Alternatively, what if you do have the authority? Maybe you're a higher on the totem pole and you have seniority or you have more training under your belt. What do you do? A good rule of thumb is praise, correct, praise. This is the structure on an effective way to teach. So what sounds better? Can you put the toppings on in the correct order? Or, hey, I know it's busy right now. You're doing a great job keeping up. But I noticed you put the toppings on in the wrong order last time. Take a look at that chart and refresh your memory. Keep up the great work, okay? Sandwiching constructive criticism between two compliments feels rewarding on the receiving end. 
It's a positive and effective way to correct someone. Just hearing what you're doing wrong can be discouraging and lower morale. Similarly, replacing the word you with the word we. The concept is us versus I and we versus you. So again, which one sounds better? I need you to take out the trash for me. Or, can we take out the trash? It will really help us. The first example is dictating someone where there is no benefit to them. It's just someone bossing someone else around. Whereas the second example results in the same outcome but reflects a team effort for a team benefit. If there is a rule or procedure they might be breaking, refer to it. Don't just tell them, hey, don't do that, or hey, that's wrong. Refer to the rule and maybe show them the rule or procedure if it's posted somewhere. I have found that people will follow instructions if they understand the reason. For example, if you're told the hand-washing sink is for hand-washing only and without an explanation, that doesn't really mean much, does it? Sure, you can follow the rule, but if you don't know why, you're more inclined to disregard the rule. But if you're told the hand-washing sink is for hand-washing only, because if you pour or put anything else in the sink like pickle juice or degreaser, your hands are at risk for contamination. The degreaser can splash back onto your hands, making them no longer clean. So hearing the full story helps comprehension and memory. I had another situation where I was working with a coworker that was younger than me, but she was in a position that was actually higher than me. She was completing a task that was against the FDA food code. FDA is formally known as the Food and Drug Administration here in the United States. She was increasing the risk of people getting sick. Even though she was technically higher authority than me, I stepped in and said something because, as a public health professional, it was my duty to do so. I was polite, calm, and explained what she was doing and how it could be corrected. She told me, it was fine, don't worry about it. She figured because she was technically higher authority than me, she could do whatever she wanted. I sensed the situation was going to escalate, so I dropped the subject. I waited for the right moment to inform a different supervisor of what happened and let them handle it. Unfortunately, in the moment, food was being compromised, but I had to make that decision. So what if you have a coworker that does not speak the same language as you? How do you work together as a team when communication is limited? What I've found that works best is trying to learn basic words that are essential to your operation. For example, learning the word more, I could point to what I needed and say more, and they would know exactly what I needed. With that being said, pointing and hand gestures are also very helpful. Once you work with someone long enough, you do get into sort of a rhythm, even if you don't speak the same language. Finding what works best as a team can take some time and maybe some trial and error. So we're about to wrap it up and get to our challenge, but I want to make sure that we tied up all loose ends. Today's episode was a continuation on workplace violence, rather how to prevent workplace violence. Situations between coworkers can create a lot of tension, which may lead to workplace violence. Working on how to approach others in a respectful way 
such as using praise correct praise, or maybe we instead of the word you. Explaining why tasks need to be done in such a way and learning how to communicate with all coworkers can certainly reduce tension in the workplace. So today's challenge is practice using us versus I and we versus you. It's something I try to practice every day. It's kind of hard to do on this show since I'm not actually with you guys. Saying we can sometimes be inorganic when you're not actually with the team. But try it out, see what you find. Let me know how it goes. If you need any help, have any comments, questions, concerns, just wanna say hi, send us an email at jobonepod at gmail.com. So we're almost to the end of our season. Episode 10 is coming soon. So I'll see you in another two weeks for episode nine.